0: Welcome to A Little Bit Unstoppable. This podcast is for artists, creators, and change makers in any industry who have powerful ideas that might just change the world, or at least a small piece of it. My name is Brielle Goheen, and I'm a clutter coach for creatives. I help people declutter their minds, declutter their physical and digital spaces, and hack their habits so that the most important things become the easiest to do. I believe that creativity will change the world. So I wanna equip you to release your creativity with power in a way that is effortless and sustainable. One of the small, simple ways that I do this is through my weekly newsletter, Unstoppable Bit by Bit. If you'd like to receive encouragement, inspiration, and an inside look into my life, head over to briellegoheen.com to sign up. Without further ado, let's get started with today's episode. Welcome to episode six of a little bit unstoppable. Today, I'm going to be talking about something that is really close to my heart. And the question is, can I really change? This question comes up because often it can seem like the evidence is all pointing to the contrary. Change is impossible. We get stuck in ruts. We get stuck in patterns of thinking and patterns of behavior that aren't really serving us or those around us. We get stuck in patterns that are keeping us from the changes that we seek to make. Patterns that are keeping us from really living the life that we want to live. And if we do manage to escape our unhelpful patterns for a little bit, it can feel like it's just a matter of time before we return back to our previous cycle. When we're in these cycles and when we're in our patterns, it can feel like we're just repeating the same things over and over and over again. Okay. This is going to sound really strange, but I think it's essential to conceive of change like a slinky. You know, one of those little toys that kids have that are made of those series of plastic coils or metal, if you have the really good ones. I don't know why I'm explaining what a slinky is. Everyone knows what a slinky is. (laughs) But pretend that each individual little coil of that slinky is one cycle in whatever unhelpful pattern you have that you want to change. And now think of that slinky with all of those coils just stacked at the top of the stairs. It's not going anywhere. There's no forward momentum. It's just sitting there. That's one way to live life, going through your cycles over and over and over again, never changing anything and ultimately getting nowhere. And you can easily live your whole life going through cycles like that. But now imagine giving that slinky a tiny little push, just a little bit of direction, a little momentum to get it moving down the stairs. The slinky is the same. So your patterns of behavior that are the coils are still there, but now they're changing position just a little bit. Now they're dynamic. Now they have forward momentum. And as the coils stretch and expand just ever so slightly to move down the stairs, the cycles look a little different each time. And each cycle gets you a little closer to the change that is your destination. We have this idea that progress or change should be linear and if it's not we're doing something wrong but that's just not how things work change is cyclical but oddly so is staying stagnant that's also cyclical and that's what makes change such emotionally difficult work the cycles of change think of the slinky moving down the stairs And the cycles of entrenching existing patterns, think of the slinky sitting unmoving at the top of the stairs. They feel quite similar when you're traveling the coils, when you're living those cycles. The key is to be committed to noticing the tiny changes in the shape of the coils as they lengthen, moving down the stairs. You're still yourself. As you're changing, you're still going to be annoyed at the way that you respond to things and frustrated by your inability to do the things that you want to do because of your habits. You're still going to have those ups and downs and the pushes and pulls of your go-to patterns. If you have a sense of direction and a dogged determination to go through the cycles of incremental change, then you'll be able to look back one day and see just how far you've come and be so thankful that you stuck with it. Think for a minute about what a slinky looks like as it clangs down the stairs. The movement is really, really awkward You'd think it would be elegant, but it's actually pretty clunky. And sometimes it gets stuck partway down the stairs and you have to give it another push. And sometimes it gets stuck more than once, especially if it's a slinky from the dollar store. So change doesn't usually look pretty. More often than not, it's a really clunky process. Okay, while this slinky analogy is really helpful, I can kind of feel that it's going to break down soon if i keep pushing it i might even be stretching it already (laughs) stretching the slinky (laughs) is that a pun i don't know it's something when i think about how change has happened in my own life one of the first examples that comes to mind is my own journey toward better mental health in the trailer episode if you heard that one why i started this podcast I briefly mentioned that I've battled depression, which I know is really common, especially for people with artistic temperaments. I'm sure I'll talk a lot more about this from a lot of different angles, because as those of you who are in it or have been through it know, mental health is something that encompasses and touches every single aspect of your life. About 14 months ago, I started meditating regularly. I actually just had to go double check that date because it seems way too recent for something that's changed my life so completely. In these last 14 months, meditation has become such a huge part of who I am and what I do that it's actually really difficult for me to remember life without it. I started meditating for two reasons my doctor said it was a really good practice and recommended it to help me manage postpartum depression but i resisted trying it for over a year after she recommended it i think it was a mixture of the fact that having an infant made it really difficult to find time to meditate but i think it was also because it seemed kind of lame as Awful as it feels to admit that. But as I was reading books and listening to podcast interviews with my very favorite, most creatively alive artist role models, I noticed that every single artist whose work I really particularly admired highlighted their practice of meditation as central to their creative process. So I thought, there must be something to this. My doctor's recommending it for mental health and all my role models are recommending it for clarity and creativity. So I went on the hunt for a meditation style that I could come to love. I tried a ton of different meditations until I landed on one that was just an immediate fit for me. I find a good parallel to this, uh, in exercise, if you hate running, but you've given yourself a secret rule that that's the only movement that counts as exercise, then you'll never do it. But if you love dancing and you're so motivated by the activity itself, then all you have to do is sign up for a couple dance classes and you'll be fitting in tons of movement into your week without even realizing it. It's the same with meditation. I firmly believe that there's a fit for everyone. You just have to try enough different types to know what you love and what you don't love. Stick with the process until you find the one that's magic for you. Imagine that you're Harry Potter trying out a ton of different wands before finding your ideal special Phoenix feather core wand that just works effortlessly. (laughs) All nerdiness aside, I found a guided meditation that I could literally feel working in my brain. It was the right fit for me. I could feel my brain creating new and healthier patterns as I listened. It didn't feel like anything earth shattering was happening. I was still the same old me at the end of each meditation, but I could sense that there was forward momentum. And because of the words of my beloved artist mentors, I trusted in the process enough to keep going back to it. To trust that this change I thought I could feel happening was in fact happening. A really beautiful and unexpected thing happened one day, just a couple of months after finding the practice of meditation that really worked for me. Just a couple of months of engaging in meditation regularly and trusting that that process would change me. I don't remember the exact timeline. I think it could have been as little as five or six weeks, but I remember the moment so clearly. I was sitting at my desk, cross-legged on my chair, listening to the exact same audio that I had listened to dozens of times before. And the words I heard were, have compassion and care for your beautiful self. It sounds so cheesy (laughs) saying it here in this context. And I had never particularly noticed or resonated with those words before. But suddenly in that moment, this floodgate of tears just opened up. And I realized that I actually, for the first time in my life, Felt that compassion for my own self the way that I would have compassion for a dear friend who was struggling. And I was caring for myself by taking the time to be quiet with myself and just listen the same way that I would go out with a dear friend for coffee and just listen to what was on their mind. And I finally really saw beauty particularly in that part of me that was dedicated to the process of healing and this self-loathing that had been just part of the fabric of who I was so part of me that I almost didn't remember that it was there part of the time it was this cloud that kept me feeling safe almost all alone in the dark this self-loathing was just gone and suddenly I was a friend to myself And without that false feeling of safety from the dark cloud keeping my light dim, I felt just a bit more courageous. And for me, that courage looks a lot like being a little more disagreeable now than I used to be in some ways. Because I no longer really care about pleasing people at any cost. That people-pleasing part of me was the part of me that thought that shape shifting into what other people wanted me to be was the only way that other people wouldn't loathe me the way that I loathed myself. And when I found that love and respect for myself, not for anything that I've done, but simply because I am in this moment with myself as a friend, I don't mind anymore if who I am isn't for everyone. In fact, that just makes sense. I had no idea that this kind of change, this level of transformation, was even possible. I don't even know if I fully understood how deeply my own self-loathing affected every aspect of my life until it was gone. But now, growing in its place is a healthy love of all these parts of myself, the parts that keep messing up and trying again, a love and a respect for the little part of me that refuses to give up. And even a love for the pain of growth. I know that you have the capacity for this kind of change. In whatever areas of life you're feeling stuck, You can change. You can find momentum to get that slinky moving forward, however awkwardly it looks or feels from the inside, no matter how painful the stretching of the coils is. I was talking to Brad the other day about this, that people talk about how difficult change is. But for me, that statement has never resonated on its own because Usually it's the simplest things that make for the greatest change. So if the greatest change comes from the simplest things, difficult doesn't really seem to be the right word. Painful though. Painful is a word that resonates more for me. Growth can be painful, but that's not so fun to talk about. And using that kind of language certainly doesn't help sell those self-help books. It's easier to think about something being hard and overcoming than something being painful and accepting. But it's painful to be willing to be a beginner. It's painful to open yourself up to looking like a fool. It's painful to open yourself up to trust a process that might not work. Because honestly, the process of change can feel like a whole lot of nothing until you look back and see that everything is different than it was a year ago or two years ago or a decade ago. And that a whole lot of nothing in the, in between in the trial and error of the process is painful, but this is the only way to really live. This is the only way to become the person that you want to be. It's the only way to be the change that you want to see in the world. So the first takeaway is this, embrace the cycles. Even if you can feel a tiny bit of stretch and growth throughout these cycles, that is enough to make huge changes over time. Remember the slinky, as long as those coils are moving with a tiny bit of forward momentum, that's all that matters. Even if it stalls a couple of times on the stairs on the way down. Remember, progress is not linear. It's just not the way it works. It's cyclical. And you're not doing anything wrong when your progress looks cyclical. So of course you're living with your own habit loops. Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, vocationally. We all have so many habit loops. And they don't just go away magically from willpower or something like that progress happens within those loops. When you engage in the practices you trust will bring about the change you desire. The second takeaway is this transformation looks like a whole lot of nothing while it's happening. You don't pick up a paintbrush for the first time on day one and paint a masterpiece on day seven. You don't practice the cello every day for a month and suddenly have highly tuned muscle memory, this stuff takes years. And the larger the goal is, the longer it will take to build the skills needed to get you there. And the day-to-day change is almost imperceptible. Like the frog in the boiling water, right? That doesn't feel the temperature of the water changing until he's cooking and dies from the heat. I mean, that's a negative example. But the point is, the day-to-day change is almost imperceptible. And that is nothing less than painful if you focus on that alone. The only way to work through the pain of the whole lot of nothing in the day-to-day is to be captivated by a vision of the future that is so inspiring and so beautiful to you. That is the only way to stick with the incremental growth even when it seems like it's not working. I'm realizing now, as I talk about this, that in my story, it might've seemed from the outside looking in, like the change that I experienced was really quick. And in some ways it was, and in some ways it wasn't. The story as I framed it here today was, you know, a couple months long. I started meditating and, you know, a couple months later had this experience. But that wasn't the beginning and that wasn't the end of the whole story. There's a whole lot of prequel to that story. Everything that happened to bring me to the place where I was ready to commit to meditation as a path to healing and everything that guided me to a clear vision of living with a healed brain. And there's a whole lot of sequel to that story, too, because that healing journey has been wild and wonderful and ongoing and beautiful. But that's a story for another day. (laughs) So you could say that all it took was just a couple of months of meditation for me to let go of (laughs) self-loathing, or I could tell that same story, but I could begin something that happened when I was 27, or I could start with something that happened when I was 22 or 18 or 12. It's all part of the same story. So to return to the original question, can I really change? Yes, change is possible. It's possible for me, and I know that it's possible for you but you need to get clear on what the change is that you seek to make and cultivate a vision that is captivating to you. Imagination is not extra. It comes first. Only then will you be able to commit to the tiny, boring, unsexy daily actions that compound over time to see that vision become your lived reality. I want to help you with this. I'm going to be hosting two free workshops in about two weeks time, and I would just love to see you there. On June 13, I'll be leading a workshop on setting goals that stick. If you join me for the goal setting workshop that I led back in December, This is the perfect time to check in again, to evaluate what's working and what needs to be adjusted so that you keep on going toward the goals that you set out for yourself six months ago. This kind of evaluation and adjusting is part of the process of becoming a little bit unstoppable. And if this is your first time, the workshop is just jam-packed with valuable, actionable content on goal setting, setting the right goals, setting smarter goals, and hacking your habits so that you actually do the things that it takes to get you there. I want you to stop making and abandoning the same goals over and over again, but instead, make a better goal and stick with it this time. Then on June 15, just two days later, I'll be leading a workshop on decluttering your purpose. This dovetails beautifully with the goal setting workshop because having a well defined vision that captivates your imagination is a huge part of setting goals that you're actually motivated to stick with. So I wanted to lead a full workshop on that to do a deep dive on that particular piece of the puzzle. So head over to Brielgoheen.com slash workshop and register to save your spot for these workshops. And if you're feeling stuck right now, if you resonate with that question, can I really change? And if you're feeling like you're seeing just a whole lot of evidence to the contrary, and you're feeling like that slinky at the top of the stairs that's just not moving, I want you to do two things. First, head to brielgoheencom slash get unstuck to receive my free video training and PDF guide with a hundred ways to get unstuck. Don't just leave it at that though. The second thing that I want you to do is actually try some of these strategies out. They really work. So whenever you're in need of a boost, have some fun trying out the strategies that seem most interesting to you. I want to see everybody living from this place of forward momentum, working toward the change that they seek to make in the world. I don't want to see anybody stuck. All right, that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. And I can't wait to see what you guys do as you cultivate this life where you're no longer finding yourself stuck at every turn but instead you're experiencing these cycles of incremental progress it takes bravery and it takes courage to walk the artistic path and we need to support and encourage each other as much as possible if you found this episode helpful consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a review in your favorite podcast listening app And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already, so that you'll be notified each time a new episode is up. Remember, the worlds we imagine are the worlds we build. So ambitious creators, imagine something beautiful and take the next step, no matter how small, toward building it.